أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والذين آمنوا أشد حبا للذا سبحان ربك رب العزة أما يسفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صلي على خيرنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد ومبارك وسلم اللهم صلي على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد ومبارك وسلم Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Qur'an al-Kareem has addressed the mu'mineen or described the mu'mineen as Alladheena Amanu. Alladheena Amanu is actually a beautiful, loving way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has described us. What Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is trying to communicate by referring to us this way is He Himself is doing tasdeeq of our iman. Just like in this world when you view somebody to generally know economics, you call them an economist. When you think somebody really knows physics, you call them a physicist. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is showing his acceptance of our iman by calling us alladheena amanu, that person who has iman. In the earliest tafsir of the Qur'an al-Kareem by Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhu in the riwayah of Mujahid rahimahullah, it is mentioned in an ayah in Surah Baqarah, which I will tell you in a moment, that the Bani Israel in the Torah were addressed as Al-Nadheena Amanu by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala twice. And by being called Al-Nadheena Amanu, they were so happy, they rejoiced, they said, and this statement is in Surah Baqarah of Qur'an, نَحْنُ أَبْنَاءُ اللَّهِ وَأَحِبَّاؤُهُ That we are the sons of Allah, we are the beloveds of Allah. They felt that. And then Mujahid goes on to say, Rimuhullah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addressed us, Ummati Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, over 70 times as Allah dina amanu in Qur'an. And what's being illustrated here is the Qur'an is a book to be felt and lived, as opposed to merely recited and translated. Translation is not enough, and even if you know Arabic, it's not enough. Just saying all of the early scholars of tafsir wrote huge Tafasir, huge commentaries and exegesis on Qur'an, they were Arabs, writing in Arabic for Arab ulama. So if an Arab alim of Qur'an needs a tafsir to get at the meaning of Qur'an, English or Turkish or Urdu or Persian translation isn't going to be enough. So one thing is the wordings of Qur'an, the second and the ulama of that are called the Qurra. Qurra in Mujawid, the scholars of Tajweed and Kirat. Then second thing is the meanings of those words. The ulama of that are called mufassirun. And the third and most important thing is the feelings of those words. To feel the feelings and to live a life according to them. Those people were known as awliyaullah or siddiqeen, sadiqeen, salihin, rabbaniyin. All of these words are in Quran al So now think about that. Me and you, we hear this alladhina amanu. It doesn't even impact our heart at all. The Bani Israel and their stories are legendary in the rest of Surah Baqarah. But still, despite all of their legendary stories, when Allah SWT called them Alladina Amru twice, their heart rejoiced. And really that's the heart of a believer. The heart of a believer rejoices and takes pleasure with the fact that Allah SWT is their Rabb. And that's what I wanted to talk to you about today. We've become heartless mu'mineen. It's the real problem. I'm at Oxford, you're at Cambridge, we can have wonderful intellectual lectures and discussions and talks, but the Jummah Khutbah in my view isn't for that. The Jummah Khutbah is to spiritually revive 
our hearts, to reconnect our hearts with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So in this ayah, which does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say in Qur'an, وَالَّذِينَ amanu. So this is not khitab, he's not saying, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ amanu. He's not calling us, he's defining us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is defining who a person of iman is. وَالَّذِينَ amanu أَشَدُّ حُمْبًا لِلَّهِ They are extremely extreme. This is the real extremism in Islam. They are extremely extreme in their love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah Akbar. This is not awliya. This is not muttaqeen. This is not muhsineen. It's not even mu'mineen. Those who know Arabic would know that mu'mineen is even a higher daraja, a higher level than alladhina amanu. Alladhina amanu, bare minimum entry level mu'min. What is their definition, their description, their defining attribute and characteristic? That they are extreme in their love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah We are so far from even this basic building block of iman. We're so far from it. In fact, I would go further and say that we are far from what we will call Quranic humanism as opposed to secular humanism. What does Qur'anic humanism means? It means to go into Qur'an and look at those verses where Allah subhanahu addresses insan or nas. I'll give you two verses. First, Allah subhanahu says in Qur'an, Ya ayyuhun nas, antumul fuqara'u ilallah. That, O humanity, each and every single one of you, Ya ayyuhun nas, O people, antum, each and every single one of you, Fuqara'u ilallah are completely, utterly, absolutely needy and dependent on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why secular humanism is so perfectly designed. I think they must have read Quran and came up with this. Because at its crux, it teaches you that you don't need Allah. That's what secularism is. Secularism is not just separation of church and state. That's how it began as a political philosophy. Then it moved to separation of religion from the public realm, from society. Then it tried to remove Allah, anything had nisbat with Allah, Allah, anything to do with Allah from our understanding of humanity. That's why they call it secular humanism. And Allah Ta'ala is saying in the Quran, oh, human beings, each and every single one of you is needy for Allah. And the reason I say mean you are distant from that is because we don't have, we're not fakir. We don't exhibit, exude that need for Allah and it's a myth, a lot of Muslims, especially universities, love to think that the ones who pray Jummah, the ones who pray five times a day, they're not quote-unquote secular. No, you are the secular Muslims. Illa mashallah. Secularism is not eliminated just by praying five times a day. This is Quranic insan. Absolute, utter, complete need for Allah SWT. That Allah SWT, I need you five times a day. I need you every single second, every single breath, every single moment. I'm faqir. You know, in Pakistan, as a poor country, we have beggars who we call faqir. And there are some who do it as a profession, but there are some who are genuinely needy. When one of those genuinely needy beggars comes to you to ask you for money, when you look at him, everything about him is faqir. The way he walks, the way he talks, the way he holds himself, carries himself, the way he looks at you. He is dripping in fucker. He is dripping in a state of want and need. That is the way we are supposed to be vis-a-vis Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
we're supposed to be dripping and drowning and exuding the need for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Antum al-fuqarah, fuqarah ilallah. That's humanity. Quranic kareem, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala defined. What's a human being? So to be human is to need Allah. <laughs> and to be inhuman is to think that you don't need Allah. Any moment in our life we thought we didn't need Allah. For example, when we sinned. That means we were actually inhuman. It's not just that we were against our iman. We were against our humanity, our insaniyah. So we have to become people. The first attribute we have to revive in ourselves is to become faqir. We don't even think like that about ourselves. If I was to ask you, who are you? You'd say, okay, I'm Muslim, I'm Somali, I'm Pakistani, I'm Indian, maybe some, some Britisher, I'm Cambridge, I'm a student, I'm a father, I'm a husband. You could, I'd keep going, keep going, keep going. You wouldn't even occur to you to say, I'm a faqir. I'm one of those fuqara'u ilallah. I'm the absolutely needy dependent on Allah subhanahu wa And especially when you get educated, right? The elites, right? And don't think, no, no, I'm not elitist because I don't drive a Mercedes. You walk into Oxford and Cambridge, you're an elite. Now, you could choose not to display elite behavior. You could choose that notwithstanding my level of education, <coughs> income, intelligence, whatever sifat, and istidad that Allah SWT has given me through his tawfiq and his karam, that I'm still a fakir. I'm more needy of Allah SWT than the person who is lost in the desert is needy of water. If that's how you feel in your heart, you are Quranic in some. So we need to make ourselves faqir. faqir. Second word Allah SWT uses for humanity, Quranic humanity. مَا خُلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ insa illa لَيَعْبُدُونَ for ubudiyah, it's not imam, it's humanity. To be the worshipful servant, the slave of Allah SWT. And Allah SWT deliberately, he made Qur'an and he made Arabic and he made Arabic for Qur'an. This ibad and ubudiyah doesn't mean 24 hours worship. There's another creation for that, it's called angels. We again are supposed to self-consciousness and awareness that we are the abd of Allah. To always view oneself as the servant and slave and a worshipful servant and slave of Allah SWT. It's an identity. Again, it's the way you hold yourself. It's the way you carry yourself. It's the way you walk. This is why the muhaddithin and shamal, they preserved these things because all of these things were part of the ubudiyah of Sayyidina Rasulullah That's why we say first, Ashtawanna Muhammadan Abduhu. First, Abduhu. Second, Rasulullah. Now, obviously nobody can be a Rasul. But his ubudiyah is still there. That's the real sunnah. To be an abd the way he was an abd. That's the mission. That's the uswatun hasana. That's zahir and batin, all of it. To view like you're a slave. That's why many of the early poets in Arabic, Persian, and later on as well in Urdu used to give examples of animals. Look at the horse, how valiantly it serves its master. Look at the dog, how loyally it serves its master. Oh human, can you not be as loyal to your Allah as your horse and your dog are loyal to you? Allah We don't view ourselves as slaves. Again, if I had asked identity, who would have said I'm an abd of Allah? That's why I'm, I'm actually just a slave. <laughs> I'm a slave. <laughs> now, slavery doesn't exist anymore in this world. And the deen of Islam incentivized and gradually eliminated slavery. But if you were to take that example, the way a human slave was everything, the master was his be-all and end-all. Everything he took from his master. 
What do you eat? What my master gives me. What do you do? What my master tells me to do. What's your name? What my master calls me. What are your likes? What my master likes. What are your dislikes? What my master dislikes. Hmm? That's how we're supposed to be with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So to be human is to submit yourself in worshipful servitude and slave to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's insan. That's Quranic humanism. And now we come back then to Iman. وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّ حُمَّنْ لِلَّهِ Extremely intense in their love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We don't have that. We don't even have shidda, let alone ashad. We don't even have mahabba, let alone extreme love, let alone extremely extreme love. So where's the power of our iman? Where's the nur of our iman if we don't have that attribute? Normally people, right, don't love Allah subhanahu wa for a couple of reasons. I sum it up for you in one reason. They have some love for ghayrullah in their heart. Some unlawful love for ghayrullah in their heart. For some people it's love of the world, materialism. Love of wealth. For some people it's love of fame, riyah. For some people it's love of the self, ujub, vanity, conceit. They're so in love with their own accomplishments, achievements, attributes, abilities. And for some people it's what we call ishke majaz, it's a metaphorical, impermissible love. It's a love for somebody in the opposite gender that is outside nikah. Whether that is real, whether that is cyber, whether that is virtual, whether that is phantasmal, whether that is in our fantasia. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I put you very simply now. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't take roommates. You want the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in your heart, unlawful love for ghayrullah Allah has to be taken out of our heart. Yes, love for the sake of Allah, lillah fillah. Love for the sake of Allah in the name of Allah, commended by Allah or commanded by Allah. All of that is part of love for Allah. But any other love that you cannot construe as lillah fillah, as love in His name or for His sake, that's a type of ghayr that's going to be a rival. That's the shirk khafi, that's the hidden shirk. And young people are so full of that, so full of that. Any or all of the above of the list I mentioned. We don't have love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our heart. Allah Akbar. Let me show you a test. How do you know that you love something or some being or some entity or some concept? The test is as follows. That whenever you miss the opportunity to get something, if you find yourself, if you're really sad at missing out, that means you love that thing that you missed out. And if you're pretty much unfazed at missing out, it means you didn't really love that thing that you missed out. So let's say there are two Muslims talking to one another, and let's say your two students are, I don't know what you, you know, I'm still not figuring out British students, quite different from American students, but uh, let's say, you know, I don't know, you found out about something, or about some past exam, or about some lecture, or your two older people, right, maybe they're not all students here, and one of the other Muslims said, that, you know, I made this investment and I made a lot of money off of it. So the other person gets really sad. I missed out that opportunity. He says, brother, why didn't you tell me? I would have loved to have gotten in on that. Why didn't you tell me there was that lecture? Why didn't you tell me about that book before the exam? Right? And you keep thinking about it for days. One day, two days, three days. You're so sad at that missed opportunity. 
Why didn't you tell me about that funding? Why didn't you tell me about that grant? Why didn't you tell me about that scholarship? So when there's a missed opportunity and you're really sad, it shows you that that's where my heart's attachment was. If somebody tells you that, you know, last night I couldn't sleep. And because I couldn't sleep, even for this reason, I couldn't sleep, I thought that after tossing and turning for so long, I might as well get up and pray a few rakats of tajjud. And then they tell you, and you know what? All those things that are written in the books about tajjud, it's true. It was the best prayer I prayed in my life. I had so much focus, concentration. I felt Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in prayer. I actually felt the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in my salah. It's actually true. You look at that person and say, oh, so what else is new? Right? You would say, well, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you wake me up? Why didn't you call me? I look at the person who misses Fajr in the morning. Right? And I know, I mean, the people who pray Jummah are not the ones who pray Tahajjud. The people who pray Jummah often are the ones who miss Fajr. Right? When they miss Fajr in the morning, they don't feel anything. They don't feel it. They don't feel the sadness at missing something. Oh, they miss their final exam at 8 a.m. they'll feel something. Right? If they miss Fajr, they don't feel sadness. So much so that they wake up at like 8.30 and classes at 9, at least out of shame they could have made up their prayer for Qadha. But they look at their clock and like, okay, I could either make wudu and make it my prayer, or I could have my morning coffee and muffin. I can't do both. So you know what? I'm a student. i got to study. I need my energy. I'm going to go for the breakfast. That's how little they miss it. That's how little sad they are about it. They'll pick their morning breakfast over the shame and remorse they at least could have shown to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's the nature of Allah. If you can't bring him taqwa, bring him tawbah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made the perfect, perfect backup in case you have a lapse in taqwa. Bring him tawbah. And it's amazing that we fail to bring him tawbah. I can understand how many of us may have lapses in taqwa. I'm not excusing it, but I can understand it. But there is no excuse and no way to make sense of having a lapse in tawbah. But we do that. Because we don't love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We don't love Him. If you loved Him first, we would never miss the Fajr. And if you loved Him, if you missed the Fajr, you would be so sad about it. You keep thinking about it all day. You would have this on your mind that I've got to make it tomorrow. You think about it all day. We don't think about it. It doesn't even, you know, it lasts five seconds. That amount of reflection we have when we sleep through. Five seconds at most. So we have become people who don't love Allah SWT. Now what else in the world is going to be a benefit for us when we don't have this defining characteristic of Iman? Very briefly, how to increase in our love for Allah SWT. Right, this is a very long topic that we can't do for you in a Jummah khutbah. We're going to tell you two, I'm going to race through them. All right? And then, you know, more detail maybe tonight in the masjid, inshallah. After Isha. Number one. It's called zikrullah, to remember Allah. In any way, shape, or form, I'm not telling you any particular way, the more you remember Allah, the more you will love Him. And the less you remember Him, the less you will love Him. The more you remember Him outside Salah, the more you will be able to remember Him inside Salah. The less you remember Him outside Salah, the less you will be able to remember Him inside Salah. I'm just giving you a few nuggets as we go. Second, Sunnah. Ittibai sunnah, following the sunnah of the beloved. Loving his beloved is a great way to love him. Loving his beloved is the only way to love him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Quran, قُلْ 
Oh my beloved messenger, you tell them, in kuntum Allah, that if you claim to love Allah, you aspire to love Allah, maybe you think you can love Allah directly. Maybe you think religion is a private matter between the individual and their God. Allah subhanahu responds to that in Quran. In kuntum Allah, fattabi'uni. Tell them they should follow you. They must do ittiba' of your sunnah, of your uswa. So if a person says, okay, ya Allah, I wanted to come to you directly. You told me in Quran to follow the sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu If I do that, will you accept me now as your lover? Allah subhanahu says, not only will I accept you as my lover, I will make you my beloved. Yuhbibkumullah. Allah subhanahu will love you. So the person wanted to be muhib, Allah subhanahu sent him to sunnah. The person brought sunnah, Allah subhanahu said, I make you mahboob. Mahboobullah. The beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's no greater maqam in all of creation and all of the universe than this. This is the be all and end all of our life. This is the reason mean you were born. This is the reason mean you were created. This is the reason mean you exist. This is the reason mean you live. This is the reason mean you have iman. To make ourselves or die trying. To live trying and to die trying to become the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised it here in Quran and Ittibai Sunnah. يُحْبِبْكُمُ اللَّهُ وَيَغْفِرْ لُكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive you all of your sins. So don't have this misconception that the sunnah is optional or that the sunnah is just sunnah. Lots of times we find universities students say that you know the sunnah is just sunnah. Let me unpack that statement for you. That's like saying the Prophet is just a Prophet. That's like saying the Nabi, he's just a Nabi. Why are you so <laughs> focused on the Sunnah? He's just a Nabi. And you shouldn't say that to me. You should go to Medina Manawar, go to Masjid Nabi, go to the Rosa, and say it to Nabi Akrim Sallallahu That I didn't do it because it was just Sunnah. Because after all, you're just a Prophet. Right? This is a gross misconception. Following the Sunnah is not some optional extra credit extraneous thing in the deen of Islam. لَكَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ Allah says that you have for you, for you, فِي رَسُولَ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا A noble and beautiful and perfect, virtuous example. The zahir and the batin, it's all linked together. It's all linked together. It's like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself is a zahir and a batin. So following the sunnah and loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala beloved, and there's another way to get Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala love. And the last thing, and that may be the only thing one can accomplish in a Juma, and that maybe is the necessary thing before we can accomplish everything else, is to have talab. Is to at least, and that's the real tragedy. The tragedy isn't that we don't love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The tragedy is we don't even think about that, we don't even want that, we don't even make dua for that. There are so many Muslims who make dua for a noble spouse, for a good exam, for a good job. There are very few Muslims left to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya Allah, all I want is you. I want love for you. I want qurb with you. I want marifat of you. Allahumma inna nas'aluka minka anta, Ya Allah. That Allah we ask of you, you. So at least if today we can ignite a spark, a flame of talab in our heart, that Ya Allah, Ya Rabbikim, I'm not worthy of you. I'm not even worthy of wanting you. 
But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I know is that from this moment on, I want to be a person that wants you more than any, well, I want anything else in my life. I want all my yearning to be for you, my craving to be for you, my desiring to be for you, my loving to be for you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept this need from us today. Wa akhirin ta'wana. Alhamdulillah. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Ashhad an la ilaha illallah. أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاح حي على الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله الحمد لله الحمد لله الذي ذاته ذيم السفات سميع السمات كبير الشام جليل القدر رفيع الذكر متاع الأمر جليل برهان ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا محمد عبده ورسوله أما بعد يا أيها الناس وحدوا الله فإن التوحيد رأس التاءات واتقوا الله فإن التقوى ملاك الحسنات وعليكم بالسنة فإن السنة تهدي إلى الإتاءة من أتاء الله والرسول فقد رشد واحتدى وعليكم بالإحسان فإن الله يحب المحسنين وعليكم بالصدق فإن الصدق ينجي والكذب يهلك وتوبوا إلى الله جميعا يا أيها المؤمنون قال الله تعالى في القرآن الكريم أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم يا عبادي الذين أصفوا على أنفسهم لا تفنتوا من رحمة الله إن الله يغفر الذنوب جميعا أستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Nahmaduhu, Wanastainuhu, Wanastagfiruhu, Wanukminu Bihi, Wanatawakkadu Alayh. Wanaudhu Billahi min shururi anfusina, wa min sayyati a'malina. Man yahdihillahu falamahillala, wa man yudlil falahadiyala. Wanashadu an la ilaha illallahu wahtahu la sharikala. Wanashadu anna Sayyidina Muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh, amma ba'd. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي 
complete need for Allah SWT. That Allah SWT says, I need you five times a day. I need you every single second, every single breath, every single moment. I'm faqir. You know, in Pakistan, as a poor country, we have beggars who we call faqir. And there are some who do it as a profession, but there are some who are genuinely needy. When one of those genuinely needy beggars comes to you to ask you for money, when you look at him, everything about him is faqir. The way he walks, the way he talks, the way he holds himself, carries himself, the way he looks at you, he is dripping in faqir. He is dripping in a state of want and need. That is the way we are supposed to be vis-a-vis Allah subhanahu ta'ala. We're supposed to be dripping and drowning and exuding the need for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's humanity. Quranic Kareem, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala defined what's a human being. So to be human is to need Allah. <laughs> and to be inhuman is to think that you don't need Allah. Any moment in our life we thought we didn't need Allah. For example, when we sinned. That means we were actually inhuman. It's not just that we were against our iman. We were against our humanity, our insaniyah. So we have to become people. The first attribute we have to revive in ourselves is to become faqir. We don't even think like that about ourselves. If I was to ask you, who are you? You'd say, okay, I'm Muslim, I'm Somali, I'm Pakistani, I'm Indian, maybe some, some Britisher, I'm Cambridge, I'm a student, I'm a father, I'm a husband. You could, I'd keep going, keep going, keep going. You wouldn't even occur to you to say, I'm a faqir. I'm one of those fuqara'u ilallah. I am the absolutely needy dependent on Allah subhanahu wa And especially when you get educated, right? The elites, right? And don't think, no, no, I'm not elitist because I don't drive a Mercedes. You walk into Oxford and Cambridge, you're an elite. Now, you could choose not to display elite behavior. 
You could choose that notwithstanding my level of education, <coughs> income, intelligence, whatever sifat and istidad that Allah SWT has given me through his tawfiq and his karam, that I'm still a fakir. I'm more needy of Allah SWT than the person who is lost in the desert is needy of water. If that's how you feel in your heart, you are Qur'anic in some. So we need to make ourselves faqir, faqir. Second word Allah SWT uses for humanity, Qur'anic humanity. مَا خُلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لَيَعْبُدُونَ For ubudiyah, it's not iman, it's humanity. To be the worshipful servant, the slave of Allah SWT. And Allah SWT deliberately he made Qur'an and he made Arabic and he made Arabic for Qur'an. This ibad and ubudiyah doesn't mean 24 hours worship. There's another creation for that that's called angels. We again are supposed to self-consciousness and awareness that we are the abd of Allah. To always view oneself as the servant and slave and a worshipful servant and slave of Allah SWT. It's an identity. Again, it's the way you hold yourself. It's the way you carry yourself. It's the way you walk. This is why the Muhajjateen and Shamal, they preserved these things because all of these things were part of the ubudiyah of Sayyidina Rasulullah This is why we say first, Ashtawanna Muhammadan Abduhu. First, Abduhu. Second, Rasulullah. Now, obviously nobody can be a Rasul, but his ubudiyah is still there. That's the real sunnah. To be an abd the way he was an abd. That's the mission. That's the uswatun hasana. That's zahir and batin, all of it. To view like you're a slave. That's why many of the early poets in Arabic, Persian, and later on as well in Urdu used to give examples of animals. Look at the horse, how valiantly it serves its master. Look at the dog, how loyally it serves its master. Oh human, can you not be as loyal to your Allah as your horse and your dog are loyal to you? We don't view ourselves as slaves. Again, if I had asked identity, who would have said I'm an abd of Allah? That's why my mind is just a slave. <laughs> I'm a slave. <laughs> now, slavery doesn't exist anymore in this world, and the deen of Islam incentivized and gradually eliminated slavery. But if you were to take that example, the way a human slave was everything, the master was his be-all and end-all. Everything he took from his master. What do you eat? What my master gives me. What do you do? What my master tells me to do. What's your name? What my master calls me. What are your likes? What my master likes. What are your dislikes? What my master dislikes. Hmm? That's how we're supposed to be with Allah SWT. So to be human is to submit yourself in worshipful servitude and slave to Allah SWT. That's insan. That's Quranic humanism. And now we come back then to Iman. وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّ حُمَّا لِلَّهِ Extremely intense in their love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We don't have that. We don't even have shidda, let alone ashad. We don't even have mahabba, let alone extreme love, let alone extremely extreme love. So where's the power of our iman? Where's the nur of our iman if we don't have that attribute? Normally people, right, don't love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for a couple of reasons. I sum it up for you in one reason. They have some love for ghayrullah in their heart. Some unlawful love for ghayrullah in their heart. For some people it's love of the world, materialism, love of wealth. For some people it's love of fame, riyah. 
For some people it's love of the self, ujub, vanity, conceit. They're so in love with their own accomplishments, achievements, attributes, abilities. And for some people it's what we call ishq majaz, it's a metaphorical, impermissible love. It's a love for somebody in the opposite gender that is outside nikah. Whether that is real, whether that is cyber, whether that is virtual, whether that is phantasmal, whether that is in our fantasia. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I put you very simply now. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't take roommates. You want the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in your heart. Unlawful love for ghayrullah, Allah has to be taken out of our heart. Yes, love for the sake of Allah, lillah fillah. Love for the sake of Allah and the name of Allah, commended by Allah or commanded by Allah. All of that is part of love for Allah. But any other love that you cannot construe as lillah fillah, as love in His name or for His sake, that's a type of ghair that's going to be a rival. That's the shirk khafi, that's the hidden shirk. And young people are so full of that, so full of that. Any or all of the above of the list I mentioned. We don't have love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our heart. Allah Akbar. Let me show you a test. How do you know that you love something or some being or some entity or some concept? The test is as follows. That whenever you miss the opportunity to get something, if you find yourself, if you're really sad at missing out, that means you love that thing that you missed out. And if you're pretty much unfazed at missing out, it means you didn't really love that thing that you missed out. So let's say there are two Muslims talking to one another, and let's say your two students are, I don't know what you, you know, I still am not figuring out British students, quite different from American students, but uh, let's say, you know, I don't know, you found out about something, or about some past exam, or about some lecture, or your two older people, right, maybe they're not all students here, and one of the other Muslims said, that, you know, I made this investment and I made a lot of money off of it. So the other person gets really sad. I missed out that opportunity. He says, brother, why didn't you tell me? I would have loved to have gotten in on that. Why didn't you tell me there was that lecture? Why didn't you tell me about that book before the exam? Right? And you keep thinking about it for days. One day, two days, three days. You're so sad at that missed opportunity. Why didn't you tell me about that funding? Why didn't you tell me about the grant? Why didn't you tell me about that scholarship? So when there's a missed opportunity and you're really sad, it shows you that that's where my heart attachment was. If somebody tells you that, you know, last night I couldn't sleep. And because I couldn't sleep, even for this reason, I couldn't sleep, I thought that after tossing and turning for so long, I might as well get up and pray a few rakats of tajjud. And then they tell you, you know what? All those things that are written in the books about tajjud, it's true. It was the best prayer I prayed in my life. I had so much focus, concentration. I felt Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in prayer. I felt the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in my salah. It's actually true. You look at that person and say, oh, so what else is new? Right? You wouldn't say, oh, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you wake me up? Why didn't you call me? I looked at the person who misses Fajr in the morning. Right? And I know, I mean, the people who pray Jum'ah are not the ones who pray Tahajjud, the people who pray Jum'ah often are the ones who miss Fajr, right? When they miss Fajr in the morning, they don't feel anything. They don't feel it. They don't feel the sadness at missing something. Well, if they miss their final exam at 8 a.m., they'll feel something, right? If they miss Fajr, they don't feel sadness. 
so much so that they wake up at like 8.30 and classes at 9, at least out of shame they could have made up their prayer offered kada. But they look at their clock and like, okay, I could either make wudu and make up my prayer, or I could have my morning coffee and muffin. I can't do both. So you know what? I'm a student. I got to study. I need my energy. I'm going to go for the breakfast. That's how little they miss it. <laughs> That's how little sad they are about it. They'll pick their morning breakfast over the shame and remorse they at least could have shown to Allah SWT. And that's the nature of Allah. If you can't bring him taqwa, bring him tawbah. Allah SWT has made the perfect, perfect backup in case you have a lapse in taqwa. Bring him tawbah. And it's amazing that we fail to bring him tawbah. I can understand how many of us may have lapses in taqwa. I'm not excusing it, but I can understand it. But there is no excuse and no way to make sense of having a lapse in tawbah. But we do that because we don't love Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. We don't love Him. If you loved Him first, we would never miss the Fajr. And if you loved Him, if you missed the Fajr, the, you would be so sad about it. You keep thinking about it all day. You would have this on your mind that I've got to make it tomorrow. You think about it all day. We don't think about it. It doesn't even, you know, it lasts five seconds. That amount of reflection we have when we sleep through. Five seconds at most. So we have become people who don't love Allah SWT. Now what else in the world is going to be a benefit for us when we don't have this defining characteristic of Iman? Very briefly, how to increase in our love for Allah SWT. Right, this is a very long topic that we can't do for you in a Jummah khutbah. I'm going to tell you two, I'm going to race through them, all right? And then, you know, more detail maybe tonight in the masjid, inshallah, after Isha. <coughs> Number one, it's called dhikrullah, to remember Allah. In any way, shape, or form, I'm not telling you any particular way, the more you remember Allah, the more you will love Him. And the less you remember Him, the less you will love Him. The more you remember Him outside Salah, the more you will be able to remember Him inside Salah. The less you remember him outside Salah, the less you will be able to remember him inside Salah. I'm just giving you a few nuggets as we go. Second, Sunnah. Ittibai Sunnah, following the Sunnah of the Beloved. Loving his Beloved is a great way to love him. Loving his Beloved is the only way to love him. Allah subhanahu wa said in Quran, Qul, O my Beloved Messenger, you tell them, in kuntum Allah, that if you claim to love Allah, you aspire to love Allah, maybe you think you can love Allah subhanahu directly. Maybe you think religion is a private matter between the individual and their God. Allah subhanahu responds to that in Quran. In kuntum Allah, fattabi'uni. Tell them they should follow you. They must do ittiba of your sunnah, of your uswa. So if a person says, okay, ya Allah. I wanted to come to you directly. You told me in Quran to follow the Sunnah of Nabi Karim Sallallahu If I do that, will you accept me now as your lover? Allah Subhanahu says, not only will I accept you as my lover, I will make you my beloved. Yuhbibkumullah. Allah Subhanahu will love you. So the person wanted to be muhib, Allah Subhanahu sent him to Sunnah. The person brought Sunnah, Allah Subhanahu said, I make you mahboob. Mahboobullah. The beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there's no greater maqam in all of creation and all of the universe than this. This is the be-all and end-all of our life. This is the reason me and you were born. This is the reason me and you were created. This is the reason me and you exist. 
This is the reason me and you live. This is the reason me and you have iman. To make ourselves or die trying. To live trying and to die trying to become the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promised it here in Quran and Ittibai Sunnah. يُحْبِبْكُمْ اللَّهُ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive for you all of your sins. So don't have this misconception that the sunnah is optional or that the sunnah is just sunnah. Lots of times we find university students say that, you know, the sunnah is just sunnah. Let me unpack that statement for you. That's like saying the prophet is just a prophet. That's like saying the nabi, he's just a nabi. Why are you so <laughs> focused on the sunnah? He's just a nabi. And you shouldn't say that to me. You should go to Medina Manawar, go to Masjid Nabi, go to the Rosa, and say it to Nabi Akareem Sallallahu That I didn't do it because it was just sunnah. Because after all, you're just a prophet. Right? This is a gross misconception. Following the sunnah is not some optional, extra credit, extraneous thing in the deen of Islam. لَكَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ Allah says that you have for you, for you, فِي رَسُولَ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا A noble and beautiful and perfect, virtuous example. The zahir and the batin, it's all linked together. It's all linked together. It's like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with a zahir and a batin. So following the sunnah and loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's beloved. And there's another way to get Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's love. And the last thing, and that may be the only thing one can accomplish in a jummah, and that maybe is the necessary thing before we can accomplish everything else, is to have talab. Is to at least, and that's the real tragedy. The tragedy isn't that we don't love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The tragedy is we don't even think about that. We don't even want that. We don't even make dua for that. There are so many Muslims who make dua for a noble spouse, for a good exam, for a good job. There are very few Muslims left to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya Allah, all I want is you. I want love for you. I want qurb with you. I want marifat of you. Allahumma inna nas'aluka minka anta ya Allah. That Allah we ask of you, you. So at least if today we can ignite a spark, a flame of talab in our heart, that Ya Allah, Ya Rabbikim, I'm not worthy of you. I'm not even worthy of wanting you. But Allah SWT, all I know is that from this moment on, I want to be a person that wants you more than any, well, I want anything else in my life. I want all my yearning to be for you, my craving to be for you, my desiring to be for you, my loving to be for you. May Allah SWT accept this need from us today. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah. Ashhadu anna Muhammadar Rasulullah. Ashhadu anna Muhammadar Rasulullah. Hayya ala as-salah. Hayya ala as-salah. Hayya ala al-falah. Hayya ala al-falah. Allahu Akbar, Allah. 